Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Crown Yourself is a new children's book by Kayondra Richardson, and it's out in stores now. I'm really happy that Kayondra is here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Kayondra, thank you for being here with me tonight. No problem at all. It's an honor. Could you tell me all about the story in Crown Yourself? Yes, Crown Yourself is a children's book. It's actually my first children's book that I wrote. Hmm. It targets, like, from one-year-old to 12-year-old kids. It's simply about just learning to crown yourself, learning to accept who you are and the person you are, you know, who, who God created you to be. Never need approval from anyone. Always just embrace the person that who you are. It's a fantastic message. Where did the inspiration for this come from? It actually came from, my, I have three nieces, and it actually came from as they were getting older. You know, I noticed that they were dealing with a lot of peer pressure at school. So mm-hmm. as not, I always wanted them to know that you crown yourself first and, you know, never try to deal with peer pressure and, you know, just be who you are. Never need validation. Absolutely. How long were you working on it? Two years. It took me actually two years to write the book. Well, not necessarily write the book to get everything in order. Mm. Um, I just kept having things come my way. So although it's a short children's book, it still took me two years. So I'm, I'm happy to have that in line. Everything's intact now. Yeah, I believe it. it. There's a lot of work that goes into publishing a book. It is. When it comes to the illustrations, what kind of process was that like, getting the visual element to line up with your vision of the story? With the illustration, I kind of wanted a new look for the characters. I wanted them to have dressed in pink because that's one of my favorite colors, and I think that symbolized my biggest thing was I wanted the characters to have more like a natural look, like I said, because that's my look. I'm natural, so that's my, my biggest character. My my mom, she's natural, that and she plays one of the characters in the book as well, so hmm. I wanted to go that, way, that route. Now, you said this is your first children's book. Have you written prior to this? I have not. I have not. But I tend to, you know, to keep it going or whatever. So, Congratulations on your first published book. That's a huge deal. How does it feel now that you're a published author? Well, thank you so much. It actually feels 100% great. I'm thrilled. I'm ecstatic about it. I'm happy to announce that it was number one on Amazon New Releases the first week. Wow. I was telling everyone about it. So I'm, I'm so excited about that. I just I hope and pray that God continue to exceed my book sales. What advice would you give now to aspiring authors? Um, the best advice I can give aspiring authors is to continue to read. You can never go wrong to just read and learn as much as you can learn. Anyone can be an author if you just put your, set your mind to it. Put your mind to it. The biggest thing is to stay focused and to read. Read, read, read. And that, that's it. Yeah, reading is huge. So important. It is. Looking down the road, do you have plans for writing and publishing more? Yes, I am. So I have three boys. So next I'm trying to, I'm, I wanted to target the boy audience. 
So that's my next thing that I'm going for is to write something for boys or at least being or being a boy mom, something in that nature. Hmm. Did you have people around you in your life who could offer you support and maybe motivation and encouragement while you were working on this? Yes, I have a very good support system. My mom, my sisters, my stepdad and my fiance. So I have a very good support system. You said you were excited to get this book published. Can you tell me about the feeling that you had whenever you got that first physical copy in your hands? Oh, my God. I think I was smiling from here to the side of the country. <laughs> I just felt relieved. <laughs> I felt relieved and just, you know, thrilled to actually have it in my hands because, like I said, it took me two years and I was just so blessed to have it. We talked about the importance of reading. What kind of a reader are you? What kinds of things do you read? I'm all for comedy or at least children. Well, that's my number one thing. I like to read things that's comical. Um, my second thing, I'm a teacher's aide, so I'm always reading children's books. So the first comical, then after that, I like to read a lot of children's books to them. Well, that's wonderful. The book is called Crown Yourself, written by Kayondra Richardson and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you get your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Okay, Andra, thanks again for being here on the show with me tonight. I had a really nice time chatting. Thank you so much. Children Learn Confidence, in the new book by Aaliyah Faust, titled The Adventures of Sam and Sarah, Exploring. I'm really happy to welcome Aaliyah to the Reader House Author Roundtable today. Aaliyah, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to talk about the book and everything. I'm excited as well. So tell me all about it. Well, it was literally derived from a dream I had about six or seven years ago. It was just a really strong dream. I had a dream that these two kids were playing in the park in Niagara Falls of all places. I don't know why, but they were playing in the park and they saw an open newsstand and they wanted this candy and they took it. And Jesus appeared to them sort of for a man who represented, you know, an angel or something like that. And I, I reached out to a friend and I asked them, what could a dream like this mean? What Bible verses might go with it? And I didn't have any intentions on writing a book at that time. But I'd say about two years ago, two or three years, uh, yeah, three years ago, this just popped up in my head again because I was moving and I was going through some old notes. And I was like, let me put this together and just see what comes from it. And it came together really fast, um, really unexpected. What sort of reading audience did you have in mind when you wrote it? I was thinking about kids for sure. Kids who are like me, who need a lesson sometimes. I wanted to target kids between the ages of like 6 and 12. Maybe even younger, maybe even older, depending on their learning levels. But I just wanted to give lessons in the reading too. I know when I was, so I've always wanted to be a writer and actually work in the journalism field now and entertainment media. And writing a children's book was something I always wanted to do, but it wasn't at the forefront of things I was doing. When I had this idea, I just knew that when I was a child or when I liked to read, I always wanted to get something out of it. So that's where that idea came from, just being able to provide a lesson to kids as well. Hmm. Have you been published prior to this? Not in a book, but in magazines and newspapers, yes, and online as well. Well, it truly is a big deal to have your first book published. Congratulations on that. How did it feel when you got that first physical copy in your hands? It felt amazing. I literally shed a tear. So I got the okay to do the book 
the day my dad was um, hospitalized, he was in ICU for almost two months. And I literally was like, this is a great opportunity, but I can't do anything with this right now. Mm. So I turned it down and just never really thought about it again. And literally a year to that day, almost, my dad passed away. And a couple of days after he passed away, I got a call again that said, are you still interested in publishing this book? And I really was not just because of timing. But I figured that was kind of like divine timing for it to happen around that same time again. So I just went ahead with it. And when it got into my hands, because I did end up dedicating the book to my dad, because he was a person who traveled a lot. Niagara Falls was a place we wanted to go. And I had actually went to Niagara Falls after he passed away, um, just in memory of him, because we had planned on going that year. So, yeah, I dedicated the book to him. And when I got it in my hands, like, it was just a really overwhelming feeling. I just hope I made him proud with it. Have you thought about plans for writing more and getting more published? Yes, I would like to. So I named the book The Adventures of Sam and Sarah because I wanted the adventures to be a series. So I plan on doing three more. The titles are working titles, but the premise of it will be an adventure Sam and Sarah are taking. So this first one was just exploring. Now the main characters, Sam and Sarah, was there any inspiration behind those names or were those more arbitrarily picked? Oh, yes. So the character names actually come straight from the Bible. Samuel, of course, was the son of Hannah, and he was a miracle child. He was a seer and a visionary. He loved God, and he really obeyed God without question, despite the present idols and outside influences, some of which we give our attention to today. Mm. And Sarah in the Bible, she was the mother of the mother of nations, and she birthed Isaac at a very old age, and she wasn't as strong in her faith as Sam. But she represents a lot of us, and I felt like that representation was just super important. You know the story of Sarah. She was weary of God's promises and even went about doing things her own way just to get the results she wanted quicker. And I know I've been there, and God still makes his way happen. He still did in her life what he said he would do to fit his plan. So both names are tied to powerful births in the Bible. And in the adventures of Sam and Sarah, neither child is tied to the actual characteristics of their names, but the general theme of integrity and forgiveness and community and faith and love and temptations and decision-making, they're all represented in the brother and uh, sister duo. Do you have advice now for aspiring authors? Yes. My number one piece of advice would actually be to just do it. You never know how it's going to come together. But it eventually does. Any inspirations you have, any ideas that pop into your head, just write it down and it'll come together later, even if it doesn't come together in that moment. Um, that's what happened for me. Literally, it was a dream I had. I just wrote it down because I just couldn't shake the dream and it ended up turning into a book. So, The book is called The Adventures of Sam and Sarah, Exploring, written by Aaliyah Faust and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere you shop for books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and down the street at your local bookshop, too. Aaliyah, thank you for being here with me on the show tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you. Thank you so much. I enjoyed it as well. Thank you. Right now, I'm delighted to welcome Dr. Renee D. Morrow to the Reader House Author Roundtable. Renee, thank you for joining me here tonight. Oh, thank you for having me, Corey. You've got a brand new book out now. It's called Liquid Love, A Journey Through Life's Contradictions. Can you tell us about it? Yes. Well, the book is about the many challenges we face in life that tend 
away from the love of God, which ultimately draws us away from loving others. So one of the key words or concepts in my book is forgiveness. I wrote a lot about forgiveness because it is a, it's a malady that many people are suffering from, myself included at one time. Hmm. This is a personal experience. And we know that unforgiveness is a really a debilitating disease that drains not just your joy and strength, but your physical prowess. So liquid love helps you move from unforgiveness to forgiveness. I'm curious about the title, Liquid Love. Could you go into that? Sure. Well, I took a personal retreat to Sandy Cove Christian Center a couple of years ago, and I was going through really a dark place, and I was wrestling with unforgiveness. And I went out on the pier, and I just started talking to God and praying and crying. And as I was doing that, God started showing me my heart. And in showing me my heart, he began to release his love. And I really felt like it was love being poured out all through my body, like liquid love. Hmm. And I went back to my room, and that's when I typed or pinned liquid love. Have you done this kind of thing before? Have you published? I self-published two books of poetry, Wise Cracks and Obscurity. But I have to say, this is my first real published work of literature, which I'm quite proud of. Oh, congratulations. You should be proud. It's quite an accomplishment. How did it feel when you got that first physical copy in your hands? Oh, my goodness. I was delighted and joyful and happy and fearful mm-hmm. and fearful. Because I said, oh, my God, what's in this book? You know, it took you a year to write it. So naturally, you're not you don't remember everything in the book. And so I was actually contemplating, am I how transparent was I or did I give too much information? Is it written well? So the fear, but the joy and mostly excitement, because I knew it represented a shift for me in my life that God was moving me to another, I don't want to say another level, but moving me to another season. Have you given any thought to writing and publishing more in the future? Oh, I have. I Well, I'm a journalist, so I have been journaling for decades now. Mm-hmm. I probably have over 50 journal books. So I've made several journal entries, and I have a couple of books in mind. One is 10 Things That Every Woman Knows About a Man. But what happened with that one, I can't find it. I typed it up on an old laptop and it died on me. And I can't remember if I actually saved it on a flash drive. I'm hoping I did. So I'm going through all my flash drives looking for that one. And even since I finished uh, Liquid Love, the Lord kind of gave me a title, which I don't want to reveal right now, but for a second book as well. So I'm still playing around with that. Did you have people around you in your life who could help encourage or motivate you whenever the going got tough? Oh, yes. I definitely have a village. Mm. <laughs> I have my family. I have five daughters and my husband and my son-in-laws and my grands. And we're a pretty tight family. So whatever we get involved in individually, it becomes a collective effort. So they've always encouraged me, always pushed me and said, you can do it, mom. And, and just so proud of whatever any of us accomplish. We're very proud of it. And we reward that. My biggest cheerleader was my mother, who Mm. transitioned in 2015. Oh, I'm sorry. But she always said to me, and it goes over and over in my head periodically, and that is, Renee, you can do anything you put your mind to. 
So that has been sort of my impetus for whatever I I have accomplished in life through the grace of God. Mm. You have quite a lot of experience writing. What words of advice could you give to aspiring authors? Get it down. Don't worry about the syntax and the grammatical structure and whether or not you, you have it right or if it's making good sense. If you have an idea, just write it down and just start writing and then you can go back and critique it later. That was the strategy I learned with my, when writing my dissertation. In fact, my chair said to me, Renee, you just got to get something down. You know, I was waiting to get the perfect thing down. And she said, you just have to get something down. And when you at least write something, it's an encouragement to you. It's a start. And you know the cliche, the first mile begins with the first step. It's really good advice. The book is called Liquid Love, A Journey Through Life's Contradictions. It's written by Dr. Renee D. Morrow, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere you shop for books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Renee, thanks again for joining me tonight. I had a really nice time talking with you. Well, thank you so much, Corey. I hope you get an opportunity to go through it. (laughs) Liquid love. Jesus the Good Shepherd is the new children's songbook by Deborah Shigbu. Deborah is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Deborah, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me what Jesus the Good Shepherd is all about? Well, it is a song book, and it is about Jesus, our Good Shepherd, based on Psalms 23. And through illustration and words, it brings to life a shepherd guiding his sheep and leading them to water and food. He keeps care of them from harm and watches over them at all times. And Jesus said in the Bible, my sheep know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. He tends to uh, his flock, that's you and me, like a shepherd. If you believe in Jesus, he becomes your personal shepherd who tends to you and me with patient, loving kindness every day. And he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He continues to feed us and strengthen us, and he satisfies and protects us, just like a shepherd does his sheep. What kinds of readers were you targeting with this songbook? My audience is children and their parents. I believe this Christian publication will help foster understanding about Jesus. We have the most wonderful Good Shepherd who knows each one of us personally. Everyone desires that in their lives, to be personally known and loved and cared for. Jesus personally cares for each one of us. Have you written before, or is this the first time you've been published? No, this is not the first time. My first book is God Bless My Little One. I'm a private teacher, Hmm. and I wrote this book for my student and her parents, and then I published it. How long were you working on it? I worked on Jesus the Good Shepherd during the pandemic from March 2019 to 2020, one full year. Was there anything in particular that persuaded you to sit down and pen this book? One day, God put a new song in my mouth. I knew Psalms 23 for many years, and I would always say it and meditate on it. And just one day, a tune came forth, and I started singing it, and I have no music background. The curriculum that I used to sing for my students was I used familiar tunes that I knew. For instance, um, my first book, You Can Sing It to God Bless America, for example, God bless Christine, the little girl that we love, and so on. 
you can insert your child's name into the song and sing the book personally to them as a prayer to God. So would you consider this publication one of your finest accomplishments in life then? I don't think this is my accomplishment, but God's accomplishment. God lives in me and he is working through me. Hmm. What would you say was the most rewarding aspect of becoming a published author? Being able to share with the world what I have learned and my knowledge about it so people can have an easier way to learn. With my book and song, I have given children an easy way to learn about Jesus as their good shepherd, and I have given them an easy tune to sing so they can plant the Word of God down in their hearts, and they too can watch the Word of God come to life in their lives. Now that you have the experience and, and the knowledge when it comes to writing and publishing books, what advice would you offer to aspiring authors? Well, life begins in your heart, and the Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you have knowledge and a story that you want to share, my advice is just begin to write your thoughts down. Is there a person in your life who most inspired you to write? God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and all the children of the world. Mm. I want people to know how much God loves them. So could you tell me what thoughts and feelings were going through you when you received that first physical copy of your book? I felt blessed and grateful for everything God has done for me. I am learning that with God, all things are possible. Are you thinking of working on another book, getting more books published? Do you have anything in the works at this point? No, not at this time, but I would love to share someday how the Word of God works so that you can see the results of it come to life in your life. I will see what God's plans are for me. Hmm. Well, this is a children's songbook, and it's titled Jesus the Good Shepherd. It's written by Deborah Shigbu and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere that you shop for books. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Deborah, thank you again for joining me here tonight. I had a nice time chatting with you. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Co-authors Rebecca Hanna and Michelle Andres encourage party loyalty in children in their new book, The Little Republican. I'm really happy that Michelle is joining me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Michelle, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Can you tell me all about The Little Republican? Yeah, The Little Republican is a children's book that the idea behind it is there's a little boy who's a little Republican and he finds himself getting bullied on the playground because the other kids don't necessarily share his views. And so he tries to stand up and kind of defend himself and explain to the other children on the playground why he believes what he believes. And I think in doing so, it helps really kind of communicate some of our beliefs as Republicans that maybe people have skewed or they misunderstand. Hmm. Is there anything in particular that inspired you to write it? Actually, yeah. It, it, the inspiration for the book was my own children. It was during election season, and they were getting picked on at school, and people had negative things to say to them because they were Republicans and, you know, questioned how they could be a Christian and a Republican. And we just, as a family, I think in general, heard a lot of derogatory things, and the things that were being said were misperceptions of what we believe. And I thought, as I was teaching my at the time, he was seven, my seven-year-old, kind of what we believe and why, so he could explain to people. It just really kind of sparked this idea of writing this book. Now, the seven-year-old, is that about the age range that you were going for with this? You know, it was. It's a combination of things. I think 
that's a good age group. But quite honestly, I think it's really good for people of any age. I think a lot of times there's stereotypes on political parties and what Mm. people believe. And I think anyone can read it and kind of understand a little bit more about why we believe what we believe and that maybe what mainstream media paints as a Republican is not actually what we are as individuals. Mm. About how long were you working on this, both writing it and then going through the publishing process? It was about, I would say, an eight-month process. It actually came together really quickly, the writing of it. Most of the time was spent during the publishing process. It just was so top of mind and so relevant in my own personal life that it came together fairly quickly. What was it like working with an illustrator and getting the visuals to line up with your vision for the whole book? Honestly, it was, it was a fantastic experience. What I gave them to work off of was actually a picture of my little boy who was seven at the time. And so Mm. he's kind of the inspiration for the little Republican character. Mm. They really brought to life all of the visions that we had for all of the different pages. And it was a fantastic experience and honestly, really fun to get to see what we kind of had in our heads come to life on the page. Mm. Now, when it comes to writing and publishing, have you done this kind of thing before? No, actually, my day job is I I own an advertising agency, so Hmm. I'm familiar with illustration and that sort of thing, but I've never written a book prior to this. So this was an entirely new experience and honestly, something I kind of just did for fun and we just decided, you know what, let's just send it in and just see if anyone will pick this up. And so we were really excited when it got published. Publishing your first book is certainly a huge accomplishment. Congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. Do you have any words of advice now for aspiring authors? You know, my number one advice would be just go for it. I mean, I think you're not going to get anything published just sitting there and, you know, no one's going to come and find you. So I think what I've learned is just put it out there and see the worst thing that can happen is someone may not choose the book. Mm. But I think had we not tried, we wouldn't be in this position right now. And it's just it's been a fantastic experience overall. And hopefully it's helping get a message out there that's in this day and age really important and relevant and timely. Absolutely. It's called The Little Republican, co-written by Rebecca Hanna and Michelle Andres and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere you shop for books, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Michelle, thanks again for joining me tonight. I had a really nice time chatting. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Enjoy a tall tale set in the 19th century in the new book by Lisa Miskovitz, titled Mia May the Meower. I'm really happy that Lisa is here with me right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Lisa, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you so much for having us. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Can you tell me all about Mia May the Meower? I'd love to. As you said, Mia May the Meower is a tall tale children's book. And the story begins in Wisconsin, where I live now, along the Mississippi River. And it's on a beautiful spring day. Mia and her dad, Big Daddy Jim, head out to their raft to go fishing for the day. Along the path to the river, Mia May finds a small kitty, scoops her up, and puts her in her apron pocket. As Mia May and Big Daddy Jim are fishing on the wooden raft, a huge storm hits. Mia May and her newfound kitty, Dory, end up stranded along the Mississippi River, far away from home. Along with Dory, the new kitty, Mia May encounters Canadian lynx, cougars, and bobcats as she follows the Mississippi River north to walk home. 
Mia's tall tale extraordinary skills consist of her innate communication with animals, her physical and emotional strength, as well as her powerful long braid. She uses her cleverness and generational survival skills to attempt the long trek back to her homestead. Sounds like a fantastic tale. Where did the idea for this come from? Actually, the book is about my granddaughter, Mia May, and she's the main character. And I would say it's her sweetness, her love for life and curiosity about nature made my job easy when visualizing the book. Mia has, in real life, a black lab dog named Gideon, and one evening carried a feral kitten home for Mia. And Mia had been praying for a kitten, and her parents didn't want to buy her one, but here her sweet dog brought her one home. Mm -hmm. And after that, my imagination just exploded. Mia May's family members are all unique, with amusing personalities, and I kind of felt like the contents of the book, you know, were handed to me on a silver platter. Mm. What sorts of readers were you targeting with this? My target readers, I would say, love a good adventure. They can actually visualize themselves as the main character, Mm. as many tall tales are. It's just a normal person with extraordinary skills. I'd like my readers to have great imaginations, love clever characters that never give up. And my guess is that my readers would love nature, animals, and especially cats. Have you done this kind of thing before? Have you written or published? This is actually my first published book ever. I taught elementary school for 20 years and loved reading books with my students. And I guess in the back of my mind, I always thought it would be a fun thing to do. And then once upon retiring, I just thought it was time to give this a try. Congratulations on publishing your first book. It's a big accomplishment. How long were you working on it? I've probably been working on the book for about four years now. Then after laying out like the writings of the book, I began sketching the illustrations. I found that once I started sketching the illustrations, that helped me add more details to my story. The publication process took about 18 months and I worked with Fulton Books. They were just delightful to work with as a new author. I made many changes throughout the process, and they were so patient with all my changes and helped me along the way. So you did the illustrations as well? I just did the beginning sketches. Then I let someone with a computer take over uh, with the rest of the sketches. Uh, Was that a smooth process then, working with an artist? It was. It was wonderful because, like I sent in the sketches, they would send them back, and it was just a back-and-forth process. And I was an art education major, so I mm. kind of had things visualized in my head, and they very easily brought them to life for me, so I was very grateful. Mm. Now, having gone through all of this, do you have any words of advice that you could offer to aspiring authors? I would say yes. If you feel inspired, just start, you know, jotting down some notes. And I know a lot of times I would be out taking maybe one of my grandchildren for a walk and I would just get out my phone and record thoughts that were, you know, going through my mind. And then I just took my time. If you like to draw or even if you like to just doodle, sometimes it's fun to, you know, draw some of the scenes and characters to get inspiration. But I would say, you know, go for it. It's sometimes easy to, you know, sit on the sidelines and, you know, watch other people do it. And sometimes you just have to jump in there. So it's a scary process. And I'm still, you know, nervous about the whole thing, but I'm really glad that I did. I feel like it was good for my grandchildren to see and that if you really work hard at something, you'll be able to do it. The book is called Mia May the Me Hour, written by Lisa Miskovitz and published by Fulton Books. You can buy this everywhere that you shop for your books. You can get it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and down the street at your local bookstore, too.
Elisa, thanks again for joining me tonight. I had a really nice time talking. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Author Linda Joy Fullerton Swift writes about dealing with a serious disease with no cure. In her new book, My Life with Lupus and Other Annoying Things, a personal story of struggle, triumph, and fear. I'm really happy that Linda is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Linda, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. It's good to be here. Can you tell me all about this book, My Life with Lupus and Other Annoying Things? It tells uh, the story. It's sort of a short memoir of my life covering about 30 years of when I was first diagnosed with lupus and all the uh, associated illnesses that came along with that and how it affected my family and my life in general. Hmm. Was there anything in particular that inspired you to write the book? Not really. My intention in the beginning was not really to make it a book. It was just I would have these reoccurring memories of things that had happened over the years, and I started thinking, well, maybe I ought to write them down before I can no longer remember them. And then it just sort of evolved from that, Hmm. me writing down memories and then putting them in an order. And then, as I said, it just sort of evolved. Have you ever done anything like this before, written or published? No, I have not. This is my first First attempt. Congratulations on getting your first book published. Thank you. How's it feel now that you can call yourself a published author? Well, it feels great, and I'm really trying to get used to the idea (laughs) to see this crazy idea I have finally become a reality. It's been kind of surreal. (laughs) Oh, I bet. How long were you working on this one? From start to finish, it probably covered a period of five years because I would take breaks. I would just you know, sit down at the computer and write, and then I'd take a break and come back to it maybe days or weeks later. So from start to finish, it was probably a period of five years. Mm. And did you have people around you in your life that knew you were taking this on and could encourage you or motivate you along the way? Very few people knew, and that was kind of hard, keeping it a secret. Mm-hmm. I did tell my husband, of course, knew, and maybe uh, one or two of my children, but not very many people knew at all. Mm. How difficult was it relating this highly personal story to the whole world? Well, there were some times that I wondered whether I should include some things, but it wasn't really that hard after I thought about it because I kind of wanted to leave something for my grandchildren to Mm. know about their grandmother after I'm gone. And so I just decided to go with it and include everything. Now that you've been through the writing and publishing process for the first time, do you have any words of advice that you could offer to aspiring authors? Just to uh, keep at it, don't get discouraged. However long it takes you to finish it, just keep doing it. Have you thought about looking down the road and maybe writing some more, getting more books published? It's not likely that I'll write another book, but you can never say never. Absolutely. Are you an avid reader? I do love to read, yes. What kinds of things do you like? I like to read books, mysteries, stories about families and their struggles, the dynamics that can occur during a, in a family. Mm. While you were writing My Life with Lupus and other annoying things, was there ever a point where the writing got hard, you would hit a writer's block kind of situation? Not really, because the memories kind of just came flowing to me. As I would try and remember things, they were pretty easy to still remember. <laughs> so now I wouldn't say I experienced any writer's block. Mm. What would you say is the most challenging part about publishing? There are a lot of stages of editing and and a lot of hoops that you have to jump through. What would you say was the most challenging? The continual rereading of it, Mm. because you always find something that you didn't find the first time or even the second time, (laughs) and sometimes even the third time of reading it. I found that challenging at times, but it was a very interesting education to know what goes through getting a book published. 
The book is called My Life with Lupus and Other Annoying Things, A Personal Story of Struggle, Triumph, and Faith, written by Linda Joy Fullerton Swift and published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find this everywhere you get your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Linda, thanks again for joining me tonight. I had a very nice time talking with you. Thank you. I have enjoyed it immensely. Great talking to you. The title of the next book we are talking about here at the Reader House Author Roundtable says it all. It's called Sham and Shell, Book One, The Beginning of a Totally Fictitious Old West Love Story. The author Weldon L. Haywood is here with me now. Weldon, thank you for joining me tonight. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Can you tell me about this totally fictitious Old West love story? Well, basically, it's just a story where a young man, former Army sniper, meets a young woman who's traveling on a wagon train. They meet initially under when the wagon train is being attacked and along the way. Through the course of finishing up the uh, journey, they fall in love with each other. Where did you get the idea for this story? I've been telling myself stories in my head for life. It's just a story that I finally sat down and wrote. So I love Westerns. I grew up watching Westerns, and I decided to write a Western. Hmm. Is this the first time you've written, or have you done this kind of thing before? This is the first time I've written and had something published professionally. I've written a lot of poems and poetry in the past, but I've never had any of it published before. Oh, congratulations on publishing your first book. How's it feel now that you're a published author? Feels great. Feels great. It's uh, something I've always wanted to accomplish. And when the COVID virus started to take effect and our company shut down for a few weeks, I started writing. And once I started, I didn't stop until I was complete. Being your first book, did it take you a long time to write? It took me about six months from start to finish to write the book. Hmm. And was the publishing process challenging, all the editing and choosing a cover, that kind of thing? Well, actually, Fulton Books, who, who's publishing it for me, made all of that very easy for me. I mean, they took all of that out of my hands. They're very professional. It was basically all I had to do was write the book as I wanted it written and then verify the editing that they did on my behalf and then go through finishing up the publishing. Hmm. What kinds of feelings or thoughts were going through your head whenever you got that first physical copy of your book in your hands? When I first got the, held the book, in a way, I felt selfish because I felt like I, I had been immortalized. Hmm. Regardless, years down the road, someone could pick up something I had done and bring me back to life in a way. Hmm. And then I felt relieved that I had taken the time and the patience to follow through on something. You know, it was times when I felt like I went blank and couldn't figure out where to take the story from there and take a little time to just relax and think about it and then a thought would come and I would continue to write past that point. Yeah, patience is certainly key to writing and publishing a book. Would you have any other words of advice for aspiring authors? Well, the biggest thing I, I guess I would tell anyone is to go ahead and sit down and first write a beginning point and where you want the book to end or whatever work type work you're working on to end and then put them in front of you, write them down. Don't just figure it out in your head, but write them down where you can see them when you do occasionally become discouraged to regain that confidence that, you know, you know what it is you wanted to start and where it, where it is you wanted to take it and allow them to give you the confidence to keep going. 
Uh, this is Sham and Shell book one. So where are you? How far along are you in planning the next in the series? Well, the next in the series is actually at what we call the uh, page design phase. Hmm. Book two is already well into being published. And I just started writing book five a week ago. Wow. So it's all in the same series. It's all about the same two characters, the same two main characters. And I've completed writing four of the books. Every six months or so, I'll put one book behind the other to get the publishing process started. Hmm. Book two, like I said, is at the page design phase. And Labor Day weekend, I plan to introduce book three into the publishing process. Well, that's wonderful. The name of the book is Sham and Shell, book one. The Beginning of a Totally Fictitious Old West Love Story. It's written by Weldon L. Haywood and published by Fulton Books. You can find this everywhere that you shop for your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and down the street at your local bookstore, too. Weldon, thanks again for joining me tonight. I had a really good time finding out about Sham & Shell Book One and looking forward to a lot more. Thanks for joining me. Well, thank you very much for having me. Right now, I'm sitting down with author Paige Goodman here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Paige, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Your new book is out right now. It's called The Turn of a Page. Page spelled like your first name, P-A-I-G-E. Can you tell me all about it? The book is about knowing that you're being watched by God and knowing He is with you. I've known since I was a child that Jesus was my friend, and God sees everything, so I didn't try to hide what I did from him, but I was told that I didn't care what anyone thought, and it wasn't that I didn't care. I just didn't want to live to please other people, and that's pretty much what it's about. Where did the inspiration for this come from? A friend of mine uh, named Gwen told me I should write a book. She's my friend and my mentor. And were there certain target readers that you were going after with the book? Yes, people who uh, never fit in, that are labeled and bullied, the ones who are lonely in a crowd and feel there's no way out, because I know that feeling, and I explain through the book, and then I give them the way out, and it's not death, it is life. Is this your first published book, or have you done this before? I haven't published a book, but I have had a couple of poems published. How long did it take you to write and publish it? Well, it took about, I would say, two and a half to three months to write it. I actually started thinking about it probably two years prior when I got really serious about it. It took probably a year altogether to get it all done. Hmm. And now that you've gone through the writing process, the publishing process for the first time, could you offer any words of advice to aspiring authors? Well, I think if they have in their mind that they want to write a book, they need to get started on it because their ideas and thoughts may change later. And what they have may be a help to someone else. Hmm. Is there a person or maybe some people in your life who are most inspirational or encouraging to you? My parents were very, very inspirational to me. They always told me that I could do anything that I put my mind to do. And I don't have them anymore. They're in heaven, but they have led me in the right direction. Although I didn't follow their lead at times, I got back on track and and that's 
who inspired me. What sorts of feelings or thoughts were going through you that first time you held the physical copy in your hands? Well, I was really glad that I was actually seeing it right there in my hand. I never really dreamed that it would happen, but when it did, I just knew if it was in my hand, it was going out to other people's hands, and I just pray that it really helps guide people in the right direction that are feeling left out. Mm. Well, looking ahead, do you have plans for maybe more writing and more publishing? Yes, I've started a new book. I don't know exactly when I'll finish it, but there's this friend that wants me to help her in a compilation of her brother's writings. He's passed on. And so she wants me to help her get everything together and and publish his book. A lot of authors are also big readers. Are you an avid reader? I don't read as much as I would like to say I do. But although I have read the Bible three times, and I can't say that I could actually quote scripture, but I feel led more to read inspirational books than fiction and things like that. Well, thank you for using your own life experiences to reach out and help others. The book is called The Turn of a Page, written by Paige Goodman and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your reading material, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Paige, thank you again for being here with me on the show. I had a really nice time chatting with you. Thank you so much, and you have a wonderful day. It's the story of a young man's struggles growing up. It's A Look Into My Broken Mind. It's the new book by Aaron Stone, and Aaron is sitting down here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Aaron, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me what you've written about in A Look Into My Broken Mind? Well, it was about my struggles with depression at the time. You know, I had a, I had a very rough patch in my life. I kind of used the book as some, some therapy. Have you done this kind of thing before? Have you written or had anything published? I've never had anything published prior. I've always had people tell me to get myself published. Hmm. How long were you working on it? Oh, God. I have poems in that book probably from high school, so over 20 years. How challenging was it to take all that and, and put it into book format, into a format that could be published? It was very difficult. You know, I um, again, I really never believed in my head that people wanted to read my stuff. Hmm. So it took a lot of goading from friends and family to put this together and and motivate me to get it out there for the world to see. Do you have advice now, being your first time publishing a book, I'm sure you learned a lot. Do you have any advice now for aspiring authors? If you believe what you're writing, then really just get it out there. Make sure you <laughs> make sure you got all your thoughts together, make sure it's what you believe in, you know, make sure it's it's what you want the world to see, and then just go forward and get it done. It, it, it really is a, an amazing journey. Do you know what sorts of readers would get the most out of this? Well, I, I would, you know, I kind of fall into an odd grouping with this category, I guess, with this book. It comes across kind of like a self-help in a way, but, you know, it's it's for people that are out there that feel like, you know, they're alone, that are not, feel that they're not in a good way, and I I, I would like them to know that they're not alone that there are people out there going through the struggles that they're going through. And at the end of the day, there's always, there's always a light at the end of that tunnel. Is there anybody in your life that inspired you or was motivating, encouraging to you during the publishing and writing process? Well, a lot of my motivation came from, 
kind of came from a dark place, if you will. I mean, I had lost a very, very dear friend to me during this process. I, my, my, I lost my father during the process as well. I'm sorry. So a lot of my inspiration came from, from those dark places in a strange way. Their misfortune was my motivation. How did it feel then whenever you got the first physical copy of your book in your hands? Oh, it was the, it was the greatest feeling in the world. Mm. I tell you, I couldn't, I, I was smiling for days. <laughs> who didn't want to read it? Who wanted me to sign for them? Stuff like that, you know, but I couldn't, you know, I had a, I had a perma smile for a couple of days. <laughs> I'm sure it's quite an accomplishment. What are the chances of writing more or publishing more? Well, I have two more in the works, actually. Mm. I have two more books in the works. My idea was to have a three-book series. A little bit different from, from this one. Same kind of angle with the, uh, the angst that's in the book. Second book is my observation on someone else's life that I've written about. And then I think the, the last book is literally going to be everything that didn't make the first two. Oren, when you sit down to write, do you know where it's going or do you kind of explore? Yeah, I, gotta, I, I, I have no idea where it's going. Right? Mm. <laughs> you know, I like, to, uh, I like to explore. And like I said, you know, I could be sitting at my kitchen table and I can get an image in my head of something and that image will drive me to write. And then once I start writing, it'll slowly build into the, uh, I guess, what the image in my head looks like. The name of Oren's book is A Look Into My Broken Mind, of course, written by Oren Stone and published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere that you shop for your reading material. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, too. Well, Aaron, thank you again for joining me tonight. I had a nice time sitting down and chatting with you. My pleasure. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.